This is One Heat Minute. Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gangbangers working the local 7-Eleven to you. Robbery homicides take me. Give me all you got! Listen, Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA crime opus Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of One Hit Minute. I'm your host, Blake Howard, as always. And joining me today is a very dear friend of mine and a member of the Sydney film community, or Sydney and New Zealand film community. Her name is Sam McCosh from An Online Universe. Say hello, Sam. Hello, Blake. Welcome to One Hit Minute. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's crazy to talk film. I'm a bit of a baby hiatus. I know. She's been on a massive baby hiatus at the moment. Little cutie olive. Yes. Troublemaker. Troublemaker. Yes, I know about them. Um, you're joining us having seen Heat twice. Correct. Correct. Both times, your fault. Both times, my fault. I didn't know the first time was my fault. Yeah, I'd never seen Heat before I moved to Sydney. And then this guy I met, Blake, you, just kept going on and on and on. And I'm like, okay, that's my blind spot film. i got to fill in because this guy keeps talking about it. And then I watched it and it was great. Didn't love it. It was you know, I thought, okay, this is a really blokey movie, but yes. it's a solid film. You know, I quite enjoyed it. And then you did start the podcast and you're like, come and be a guest. I'm like, oh, shit, I better watch this movie again. <laughs> so we watched it again this week. So I've watched it twice. Both see, because of you. Both because, see, if, if there's anything that I can hope for is that more people watch Heat because of this podcast and want to join me and talking about Heat on this. So we are up to... The 27th minute of Heat, this is the 27th episode, and you would have heard previously I was just talking to Shane Bissett in the previous episode about the lead up to this scene. So we've seen Neil McCauley in a bookstore, he's reading about stress fractures in titanium, which we're about to read about here, um, played by Petunia, you've got Amy Brenneman sitting next to him, we can see her hair in the side of the frame at the beginning of this minute, you would have closed that off in the last minute, but we're now actually going to see Neil meet Edie, um, and sort of get a little bit of their dynamic there. So Sam and I are going to watch it and you guys are going to listen and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. Pass the cream. Thanks. What'd you get? What? What are you reading? Both about metals. Stress fractures in titanium. What kind of work you do? Lady, why are you so interested in what I read or what I do? I've seen you in the store from time to time. What store? Missy and Ingalls, I work there. You don't want to talk to me. It's okay. Sorry I bothered you. Good minute. It is a good minute. It is a good minute. Love, love, love that uh, De Niro here cannot cannot even fathom that someone would be wanted to talk to him right now. 
He's just got that face that you give someone who sits next to you on an airplane and starts a conversation before a three-hour flight, and you're like, are you freaking kidding me? I, what about me is saying, talk to me? Everything about my body language, I'm angled away from you, I'm looking down, I'm giving you death stare. Don't talk to me. And the courtesy is one thing I picked up here too, exactly about that like airport thing. He's like, can you pass the cream? Like, it's not... If you're trying to start a conversation, it might be like, hey, can I please... Have the cream. Oh, can I trouble you? Can I trouble Hi, you? Hi, how are you going? Would you mind, you know? He's <laughs> just like efficiently polite. Yeah. Can you pass the cream? Thanks. Yeah. Gets it. Bang. Puts it back. Doesn't want anything to do with her or it at the moment. And I think what you saw in the previous, uh, in the previous minute, you saw just a little bit of interest that she's already had in this guy who she may have seen in the bookstore before. It's that look that you're like, where do I know you from? Yeah. Do I know you? And then that kind of recognition clicking in as you begin this minute. Yes. Like, I, I can place you now. Yes. And it comes to her. And it's sort of coming to him right at the end of the minute. But if you go, like, if we go back to this, again, I love everything about the body language. She's so soft and he's so suspicious. He barely even places his face to actually face her properly until the last couple of seconds. So it's the passing the cream. We're at like 26 minutes, 10 seconds. We're just letting it play out. And she's, she's open and he's just blocking. He's looking, he's looking over his shoulder at her, blocking her 26 minutes, 15 seconds. None of, doesn't want any part of it. What? Yeah. He's creating that personal space by angling (laughs) the shoulder away so his back is partially towards her he's just like you know i'm gonna interact with you the bare amount i need to to get the cream this This is the efficiency is i want the cream i don't care about anything else yeah and so it's it's really interesting because neil's immediate point is that i don't i think he consistently wants to escape notice and so the fact that someone has cased him doing anything means that maybe he's failed like yeah his hackles are up he's like who what i've been noticed like i've done i've came here i've sat in the store it's probably somewhere he's been a million times he he knows the cream is there this menu this is what i'm doing and like never been talked to before except by the staff and he's just what and also he's wearing the gray suit and and he, everything about his outfit and his demeanor says, please don't notice me. Doesn't ma- often make eye contact with people. Like you see him in the bookstore. He sees her walking past. He doesn't walk out of the way and like acknowledge her. He puts his eyes down and feels the presence of someone walking towards him and he steps forward. Yeah. And he doesn't even look at her as she walks past. It's her that's taking an interest in him. She's like, oh, this is a you know decent looking guy. What'd you get? She feels like a person who's been chatty Cathy and had a thousand conversations at a coffee shop like this. Yeah, and the, just the difference in the body language. She's completely angled towards him, facing him. Her back's facing away. She's like warmth, like you said. And even just like the colour of her clothes and her hair, everything about her is warmth. Everything yeah. about him is still cold nothingness. Nothing. I'm just like blending into the concrete. <laughs> yes. And into the concrete landscape that Michael Mann has crafted here. And... There's like a very, uh, very De Niro, I keep going to say Pacino. I've been talking too much about Pacino and De Niro. That my words are being mixed up. Um, but De Niro here in the 26 minute, 22 seconds, he kind of goes, he takes a beat almost like to go, shut up lady. Like, don't you get that? I don't want to talk to you right now. And goes, I'll give you the minimum answer. I can a dismissive answer. It's a book of medals. 
And then book about medals, right? And then she, I love this. She's got this, she's got like Amy Brenneman, beautiful lady. Got these sort of curious eyebrows. She just peeks over and actually reads like the subheading on the page. <laughs> oh, stress fractures in titanium. What do you do? And he's like, it's so hostile. It's like, what are you doing peering over my shoulder right now? It's like, have I not given you the, you know, a million signals that say, I'm just being polite here, lady, but you're bugging me. Just get out of my space. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. And she's just like, ah, oh, what do you got going on? What's that? What's that? interesting. What's that? What's that? Do you think she's like hippie-ish? Do you get that vibe with Amy Brenneman's Edie in this? Like artistic hippie-ish? Definitely once further on when you see her house, you're yes. like, yeah. There's yeah. definitely a kind of free spiritness about her. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if she's quite hippie. Yeah. But there's definitely artistic. this artistic free spiritness about yeah. her. Yeah. And I think that that's it's a great contrast to what you talked about. It's like he's blending into that cold concrete and she's warmth and she's got those ochre colours. She's the source of sort of ochre colours. Like, even if you're looking in this frame, 26 minutes, 34 seconds, she's got that, um, like, tanny, yellowy, sort of uh, golden, golden weaving hair. top, brown hair with sort of flecks of lighter, maybe blonde reddish, and then she's got, like, a scrunched Scrunchy. up maroon scrunchie in there. And everything's warm, and everything's cold with him, um, and he's sort of looking over at her, sort of piercing. And he... He then sort of goes, "What are you interested in? What what I what I am or what I do?" And when he real like, I, I love about her performance here is that how her face changes from warm to complete offense. She's like, oh, "He doesn't know me," or like, "He's rude." At this point, you know, I'm not too sure what she's thinking. If she's like going, "Oh, he doesn't recognize me. This is." awkward or this is awkward just like man this guy's rude <laughs> yeah. something you know a bit of both maybe yeah it but. would be like us going to the same theater every week you maybe buy your ticket off the same person every week and then they're like oh what did you think of that movie you saw last week and you're like next year on the plane yeah it's yeah. like who are you <laughs> <laughs> who are you oh i'm sorry yeah. you work at the theater cool yeah. nice and then you can have a conversation I, wa- I want that to happen so I can be like De Niro. Like, I want to be as cool and mean as De Niro sometimes and just be there and go, lady, what do you care about what I do, what I read or what I do? Like, I, it's such a funny... It's a city thing too, though. Yeah, Like, true. it's very much... Sydney people don't talk to each other on public transport. No. This is the reception you would get <laughs> if you tried to ask someone what they were reading on the train. And you're like, are you freaking kidding me now? <laughs> 45 I've got an hour and a half commute to work because that's the only way I can afford to live yes and you want to talk to me about what I'm reading <coughs> get out <laughs> I picked a seat in the silent carriage for a reason do not talk to me and so I, I like the nuance so he's got you know De Niro's got a profoundly expressive face eyes uh, cheekbones he's got such a control of levels of intensity like increasing and then quieting it down in his face it's almost like a volume toggle like he can turn it up and then turn it right down and i think that what's great about amy brenneman's face you know face here is she kind of it's like washing over her that this might not have been a good idea and you can see that in the way that the performance is framed it's really close it's it's sort of over shoulder both of them um but from the same sort of perspective it's not quite what we see later in the cafe scene but there's the wash over of her face and it's changing as we're sort of wrapping up this minute. She starts to sort of talk between gritted teeth 
and she there's looks a, away from him. Looks but, away. Yeah. I'm sorry. And then and now she starts to straighten up. She's sort of closing off in that last minute, and you see Neil kind of in this moment and this last like literally as we butt against the 28th minute there's a brilliant look on De Niro's face here it's just should I have acted like this yeah, he's, Did, he, he's actually thinking about something because this is a guy who doesn't think he's on you can tell with him when he goes out in public like this he's on automatic protection mode he's looking out for himself he's just efficient get in get out and he's got a list in his head right of yeah. the things that I'm going to see yeah. and the things that I'm going to do um and this is a moment where there's like a little bit of a fleck of self-doubt yeah like am I even a human anymore like uh, this is a human very innocent interaction that I could have gotten away with and in fact that hyper organization has actually made me stick out more because I'm now getting into an argument with this sweet girl who's at the same bookstore that I like to shop at, you know? It, it seems like that. But also, he's been completely closed off. This is a guy... And I wonder, you've seen this movie a couple of times. You've got Pacino as Vincent and he's got Justine, which is played by Diane Benora. And you've got peak Val Kilmer with his beautiful blonde hair um, against Ashley Judd. And you've got a couple of the other... So the secondary characters have partners. I feel like all of the partnerships, there's a real uh, like synergy between the partners. They seem to like complement each other really well. Like either they're both you know hyper alpha like Justine and and um, uh, Justine and uh, 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 and Vincent, or you've got Chris and Charlene. Charlene seems to be the more like beautiful but assertive one, and Chris is the more manic. But here. Neil, at least outwardly, is that cold and concrete. And Edie is so different in both age, manner, everything. It seems like it seems incongruous, but it's also like, is this everything that he's missing? Yeah, it's interesting because even physically, the other partners look the same. Yes. It's like, you've got your dark harshness with Pacino's character and his partner, and then with Val Kilmer, and they're both, they're both blonde, blonde and kind of a bit soft and even kind of like a bit silly and yeah. you know and then you're right here you've got the cold harshness and the warmth and they're just like they're so different in every way yeah and I think maybe that's the that's that same you know in a completely opposite way you see him you know arrive in his apartment in that beautifully composed scene from Dante Spinotti and Michael Mann earlier and it's that cold everything cold glass glacial harsh lines and even his silhouette is harsh against this ocean. And there's a yearning, there's something that he's projecting out to this something that's totally different. The ocean is completely organic and tidal and, and moving constantly and vast. And he's so clinical. And here, I think, in a really smaller sense, like wrapped up in this individual, is something that's wholly opposite to what he is as well. And so I think that that's... Like, there's like not many even frames of his vulnerable face in this film and there's like one when Wangro goes missing and there's like one half of cheekbone you see when he's looking out to that ocean and I think this second like on the beat of the 27th minute is a guy going like what is what did what am I doing with my life <laughs> I know that's a really strange thing to say like what am I doing here what is this is this moment 
you know, what trying to figure out that significance, I think. There is definitely something. I'm I'm not sure if it's all of what you're saying <laughs> quite yet. Yeah. I think he definitely gets there and certainly um, later on in the film, that yeah. moment where he walks away. Yes. Like, that is, oh, that is everything. <laughs> yeah. That is everything. But this moment, this is more like, shit, am I doing the right thing here? Is this, uh, what? what is going on? Like, there's certainly some sort of self-doubt and some like, what am I doing with myself? And there's no life? doubt when you're holding machine gun, but you're in a cafe and you just ask the woman for cream. Yeah. It's so strange that like, this is what gets him off guard. Well, he's got none of his protections here. He doesn't have his gun. He doesn't have his goons. <laughs> he doesn't have, you know, he can't just be Mr. Alpha male right now in this yeah. situation, which he almost is. And pulls himself back to his efficient politeness. And then he's, yeah, that moment he's like, yeesh. Yeesh. Humanity. Second viewing. You watch this the second time. Is it still the blokey bloke movie or are you finding, you're finding, uh, I'm I'm super interested because um, you're a rare female voice so far on the podcast. Sorry it's been such a sausage fest if you've been listening along. It just so happens that a lot of dudes like heat. Um, um, but I'm super interested for you. Is is this a movie that even though it is quite blokey and masculine, that it has well-portrayed female characters? That's an interesting question. I don't think we get enough of the female characters in a way, but I also don't, I know it's not their film. Like Yes. Yes, for Edie here, she definitely is interesting, and you you get you get a sense, a real sense of her as a person, as a character, who she is, who her story is. Not so much with the others. I have a bit. What about of... Charlene? I, I wonder because for me, Charlene is like the shining, dominant force for the ladies in this whole film. That's Pacino's. Oh no, uh, Charlene. Sorry, is Ashley Judd. Ashley yeah, Judd. She definitely. Especially because she faces off with Neil and has some great scenes later in the film too. She definitely is, I'd say, maternal. Yeah. In the fact, the way she wants to protect her family. Yeah. I'm not sure she's an incredible character for me, but I do like her actions later in the film and the sort of step she takes to protect her family. And that's something, you know, we can both completely understand. (laughs) You do anything to protect your kids and your other half. And so... I think it's a really interesting tightrope she walks between sort of wanting to be good and on the right side of the law and the right side of morals, you know, and being like, well, I love this guy for, for right or wrong. He's my man. Yes. You know, so she, she's a bit more interesting. Edie's interesting. It's still just a super masculine film. Yeah, no, that's okay. But it's fine. (laughs) That's fine. That's Michael Mann's world. His world is a very masculine world yes which you know that's fine there's a place for that (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's yeah on second viewing yes i just i did get more from Edie and i did get more from um charlene charlene sorry yes i got more from them it's all right you're not it's not unusual when you've watched heat um uh, and i spoke about it with lee zachariah he he said like i don't it's only talking to you that uh, Robert De Niro is not Robert De Niro. He's actually Neil McCauley. And Al Pacino is Vincent Hanna. He's like, it's Pacino versus De Niro. This is the Batman v Superman of the 90s for us. You know, two 70s guys facing off. So yeah, it's... Uh, I These characters, I think it's a sort of a testament to the characters that sometimes you don't need to know their names, mm-hmm. but you, you're invested in them. And I think with Edie, 
the weird thing that you start to get is a little bit protective because you feel like oh totally you feel like oh man like he's being you in are a, too good for him yeah he's being a hyper dick even in this moment yeah and you're like okay like okay if this isn't like a you know this might be like a nice thing for you guys but at the same time it's like this can only end badly for her. Yeah, as a woman watching this, I'm just like, red flag, red flag, red flag. <laughs> like, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Sam, thank you so much for being part of One Heat Minute. Thanks I, for having me. I really appreciate a lady voice and really appreciate that I've taken you away from Olive for maybe 20 minutes of your time to talk on One Heat Minute. Um, guys, if you want to follow Sam, it is at Sam Nakosh at Twitter. Sam, Sam underscore underscore Makosh. I'm sorry, I was almost going to say at Sakura. I don't even know my own Twitter. Handle. It could be Sam Makosh, could be Sam. <laughs> and onlineuniverse.com is where you can find Sam's uh, plethora of uh, writing prior to probably mummy hiatus. Um, you can find me at Blakey's Batman. And if you guys want to email us any cool tidbits that you know about heat that we haven't talked about yet, mail at oneheatminute.com. Um, our website thank you to Garth Franklin for our website design Paul Davies for our music thank you so much to Sam again for joining me for One Heat Minute and guys please subscribe rate and review to One Heat Minute thank you Sam